0: having a community that is doing this, that is walking alongside you, I know I would not be as involved as I am or even even keep this as much a priority as I do if I didn't have people around me who saw it in the same light.
1: Alyssa Curry. How are you doing? Thanks so much for joining the show. How are you?
0: I'm doing well, Kim. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, I I am not going to try to embarrass you too, too much on this show. I have heard an awful lot. I don't think that we've ever met. I apologize if we have met. I probably should have clarified that before we hit the record button. I don't think that we've ever met, but I've heard a million good things about you. So I'm really excited to dive into a little bit of your, your backstory um, as to how you got plugged in with CCBR and doing all the pro-life outreach that you've been a part of, because am I correct in thinking that you're tied into not only the Niagara Against Abortion group, but also Toronto Against Abortion and a lot of the other work that's happening in southwest Ontario? Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, so I, I started in Niagara. I'm not as involved there anymore. Um, still on the chat, but uh, mostly working out of Toronto area, GTA, Hamilton, yeah, Peel region.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. That sounds good, and there's a ton of stuff happening out of there. I'm sure that uh, I know that we have a lot of listeners out of there. Any listeners that are not actively involved in that area, please do reach out. Absolutely. Um, and and yet, for many, I'm sure that that they look at people such as yourself, others that are super actively involved in the pro life movement, and and I guess I get asked a lot of, did I. How did I get involved, and was this kind of like a you punch a button and you go from zero to sixty, or is this a gradual rise and and gradual increase in involvement? I'm curious um, from from your journey. Has it been a a gradual increase in involvement, or or when you first got plugged in, was it kind of pedaled to the metal and just um, taken as many opportunities as you possibly could? Well, what was your kind of entry story like?
0: Yeah, more the latter, more um, zero to sixty. Um, so abortion was like an issue that I was aware of even as a kid and it weighed on my heart. Um, but it was very much like it was such a big issue. Like I'm just one person. What can I do about it? Um, and so I wasn't active in the movement um, until about the summer of 2019. I went to um, CCBR's summer crash course. Um, so it was three days long. Um, I'd never done pro-life outreach really truly Um, But was equipped there with a lot of the tools to realize one person can make such a difference. Um, And yeah, from there was very, um, became involved now against abortion and just any other community group that was going out and doing outreach like I was there. So very um, full steam ahead, like when I kind of realized this is what I can do. Um, That was more my, my journey and entrance into it.
1: That makes a ton of sense. And that's really cool to hear. And I, I don't know if you were able to join for any of um, the summer 2023's um, Faces of Abortion Tour um, presentations, but obviously that was a major theme that we focused on, at least on West here. I was one of the main speakers on the Western Tour. And and we talked a lot about the question of what is what would be weirder to be confronted with the reality of abortion, particularly mm-hmm. the abortion victims, and to do nothing? or to be confronted with this reality and the very real victims who desperately need us and to massively alter our lives. And I I wonder as you got very very involved if you had any questions ever from friends or family of like Alyssa just uh, maybe cool off a little bit and pace yourself or anything like that like like was anyone expressing even in a kind of humorous capacity of like oh you are really really getting involved here and if so what was kind of your response in in helping them appreciate why a, a very involved um kind of approach was absolutely appropriate when addressing the issue of abortion.
0: I would say most of my family and the people close to me were quite supportive. Um, when I came back from the crash course, it was, um, almost a kind of feeling of, of culture shock. Like you're back in the same place, but everything is different. Um, and so it was hard for me to communicate that to the people who, you know, hadn't been there, hadn't kind of, um, seen or been impacted in the same way that I had. Um, and so I would say people would talk to me in terms of like, okay, hey, like you need to not burn yourself out and like pace yourself, um, but in a good way. Um, and finding people that kind of also got it, like understood like this is an emergency and we need to be like all hands on deck. We need to be addressing this with um, as much priority as we can in our lives. Um, I feel that not everyone understood that in the same way. Just like, oh, like, that's great. You found something you're passionate about. <laughs> Good for you. Like, And it's less of like, this is an emergency for everybody to be involved in. Um, so, yeah, it was a little bit odd in that I feel like I understand something that you don't see this as an emergency. Um, and kind of having to figure out how do I communicate that to people um, without alienating them, I guess, in my zeal. (laughs) Uh,
1: I I, I think you're bang on there. And I, I know that's something that many of our interns and intern alumni have experienced as well. And I, back in the olden days, when I was running internships, I would often call it the Narnia effect of how you you kind of yeah. enter into a whole different world with people that have the same passions and same um, drive to end, as you put it, this emergency that we're faced with in Canada and around the world. And how, yeah, when you when you kind of step out of the wardrobe and step out of Narnia, you're kind of confronted with very good, very well-meaning people, friends, family members, loved ones who have a heart for pre-born children, but it's just not quite the same. and And I'm curious, as you kind of explained that, and, and I think that you alluded to it very well there, of the value that community can have in that and being plugged in with the greater CSPR community and, and um, others, maybe they've done internships in the past, maybe they haven't, but people who have a, a like-minded approach to this emergency um, what, what would you say would be the value of connecting with people that are like-minded like that and, and really being able to not only participate in activism with them and, and do as much activism as you can, but also process that activism? That um, when, you, when you go through a tough choice chain or a tough activism event in, in for whatever reason, And maybe you talk to a friend or family member that doesn't have the same plug-in and they say, oh, well, what do you need to do is take a step back and really evaluate things and this and that. What would you say is the value of having like-minded people as a part of a team that are kind of shoulder to shoulder with you in this fight?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember trying to communicate that to to some people who had not been involved in that community. Um, And then the first time that I actually just went and called my cousin who had been involved Um, for much longer than I, and I didn't have to explain it to her. Um, She just understood that. um, And that was very um, helpful in, um, I guess, feeling um, not like you're crazy or alienated in this fight. Um, You referenced like the faces of abortion to her, and I think One of the themes of that talk was feeling like you're insane, like you and nobody else is doing this. Um, So having a community that is doing this, that is walking alongside you, I know I would not be as involved as I am or even even keep this as much a priority as I do if I didn't have people around me who saw it in the same light. Um, Yeah, so definitely very valuable to have that community, Um, even just to keep you steadily on the ground um and not kind of losing steam and you just kind of had an emotional reaction and now you're just backing up um but to have people who are committed to it as well um keeps me committed for sure
1: gotcha gotcha i I know that i'm going off script here a little bit with i mean not that i sent you very much to prepare with in the first (laughs) place but uh, another question i wanted to ask so um this past weekend i was up in edmonton working with some volunteers um as part of our Edmonton against abortion group. And we were talking about doing pro-life presentations to pro-life leaders and whatnot. And the question came up that has come up a million times before as to whether or not the the value of abortion victim photography for pro-life audiences. I, I think that there's more and more people that are really coming on board with the fact that our culture needs to be confronted with the victims of abortion. They need to be confronted with what is being chosen and who that, um, choices impacting. And yet, I'm sure that you've heard before, and and I know that my colleagues and staff have heard countless times of the whether or not pro-lifers themselves need to be confronted with this reality don't we already know what abortion is don't we already know how bad abortion is and i'm curious from your perspective as somebody who is as involved as you are and so driven what would you say to a pro-lifer who said to you of like i don't really think that i need to be confronted with abortion because i already know how bad abortion is i already know that i'm pro-life what goes through your mind in that
0: well i would say i didn't (laughs) when i um attended the crash course and it was it was a lot um seeing the injustice that Mm -hmm. really impacted me um i think the proof is in like what you're doing about it like if you already think you know what abortion is then like if you know what it is you would be acting on it um and for pro-lifers um i think in certain situations there are pro-life people who don't need to necessarily be encountered by the images all the time Um, people who have had um, miscarriages and it's really difficult to look at, or um, even people who are post-abortive and have processed that, um, but can find it very um, difficult to be around the images. In certain instances, I can um, understand, like, yeah, not maybe every single pro-lifer needs to be encountering these all the time. For the most part, though, I know that seeing the images, seeing the video, seeing the evidence of the injustice is what got me... um, is what moved me so much during just three days in the crash course, and um, that uh, I guess the the impact that it made on me made me reshape my life until it was just built into my life. And so, like the the impact of seeing the image and seeing the video, seeing the injustice, um, you can't turn a blind eye to it. Um, it doesn't allow you to just walk away as as maybe just talking about abortion does. Um, I remember for probably a year after going to the crash course, like abortion was the first thing on my mind, the last thing on my mind, like it was so um, visually ingrained in me that um, it made me take action. And then I didn't always run on that kind of like emotional drive. But after, um, after about a year of that, it became such a part of my life um and now like i operate not always because i'm really really impacted by the images like there are times that i feel that way times that i don't um but they served to propel me into the movement Um, and i think that's what they do for a lot of pro-lifers um who maybe haven't seen them before yeah
1: yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful way of putting it. So thank you for sharing that. And I, I think that that can resonate with a ton of people, whether in our audience or, or as we share and, and get into a, a wider and wider audience, that this is so important, not only for catalyzing people into the movement, but also sustaining them through. I, um I, I don't know if you've had days when you'd rather not do activism, that, that you look for excuses to not do act, activism. You know, I got enough homework that I I could probably skip this choice, Jen, and I've still done more than anyone else in this group, right? I could probably take a pass on this and and really who's going to know kind of thing. And I, I know that for myself, um, the images are, are a, a vital, constant reminder. I mean, not that I have a, a picture glued to my, my eyelids or anything like that per se, but um, to have that regular reminder, I know that – even for myself having worked in the movement for 10 full years before this summer, the Face of Abortion Tour had a profound impact on me because mm-hmm. it really challenged me to really consider the relationship that I have with pre-born children and the decisions that I make even as a leader in the pro-life movement. And I think that that probably goes for many people that whether you've seen a video before, whether you've seen images before, that we, we were all, people who have different things pulling at our time our attention our emotions everything and you wouldn't be the first person uh, not you personally but but anyone in the audience wouldn't be the first person who um lost some of that vigor because the preborn children again become a little bit more out of sight out of mind i mean i have to talk about how we are blessed we get to stand behind the pictures we don't often we're not often the ones who are looking at them ourselves we get to stand behind mm-hmm. the, the pictures we don't see them in the same way and so I think it's a really great way of how you framed it, of, of how important anchoring our considerations around the very real people and not just the statistics, and not just the talking points per se. Um, mm-hmm. I I got to ask you, of, uh, and and I know that there's no right answer or no real wrong answer to this. What What is, it, what is your favorite form of activism? I, I mean, I'm sure that you've done uh, most, if not all of our different activism projects, be it be the... Um, Banner project, or vehicle choice chain, or choice chain, or postcarding, or door knocking, or uh, I don't know if you've ever joined for an a um, abortion awareness project, um, giant display. But but of all the projects that you've done, what what is your favorite?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people say this, but I like postcarding when my brain is tired, and I like choice chain when my body is tired. So um, yeah, it, it really depends on, on how I'm feeling. Um, yeah, I think when I when I don't do choice chain for a while, it can be it can seem intimidating because I don't have that conversational aspect. I've just been handing out postcards for a while, um, but then getting into it, like I would say that brings the most um, is is one of the most rewarding projects because you have that interaction with a person. Um, whereas when you drop a, drop a postcard, um, you don't necessarily get to see the the result of it, and often at choice chain it's so really encouraging because you do see like immediate results and immediate change. Yeah.
1: Um yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a ton of sense. And I, I love even how the two weave together, right? That I it breaks my heart all the people that I see at Choice Chain that walk by and mm-hmm. either they say that they don't have time or or they're not willing to take a pamphlet or anything like that. And to know that I can reach them with this important truth um via postcarding. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think the, the projects dovetail together so well. And I know right. that, that door knocking has its pros and cons and whatnot. I also love door knocking as well because it ensures it, it's so slow. And and that kind of grates on my soul a little bit, but it's so thorough in knowing that yeah, all the people that I miss at Georgetown, I've got a, an opportunity to talk to them at their home when they don't have to worry about what their coworker or their classmate is going to say when they overhear yeah, them or see them so talk relaxed. to us. Yeah, yeah, it, it's fantastic, and so that's really cool. And and I guess what what do you anticipate coming i know that we we don't know exactly what's going to come down the, the tube in the future but when you look at, at 2024 do you have particular pro-life events or, or goals that you have circled in your your day planner or in your calendar kind of thing or do you just kind of take it as it comes and and you'll be um ready ready and willing whenever the opportunity presents itself
0: yeah we uh started peel against abortion that's kind of focused on mississauga region um between toronto and hamilton Um, So that started um, about a year and a half ago, I think. Um, And so I was quite involved with Hamilton, Toronto. Um, but we started Peel, so my my main focus is gonna be more um, kind of in in building this community group, Um, our leadership team and and our activism really prioritizing that. So I might not be quite as as spread out in the other community groups, Um, but I think it's um, gonna be exciting to see more um regular activism in kind of the the region that was missed between those two uh major cities um so that's kind of my focus and then just of course still taking any opportunity i can within that region and coordinating volunteers
1: wonderful wonderful well I, I am so appreciative as are so many others um, for your involvement for all of your dedication and yeah I, I'm excited to see everything that you guys are able to accomplish in the the greater Toronto area um, southwest Ontario the but the Peel region in particular as you mentioned there so thanks a ton for all the work that you do thank you for taking the time to join me on the pro-life guys podcast and and yeah I hope that 2024 is a wonderful year for you and the team
0: out there thank you so much Kim thanks for having me